This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the easiest way to send, spend, save, and invest. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances as well as your people. If you ask me, that's money. So in the spirit of all things that are money, here's how Chris likes to stay connected with his people. You know, I, I do live uh, a bicoastal lifestyle that we discuss a lot on this podcast. And when I'm coming back to my uh, New York City pied-a-terre, I have to uh, text my wonderful cleaning lady, Sandra, kind of get her scheduled. We kind of have a great relationship. It's really easy. It's smooth. And the reason for that is Cash App. Because when Sandra's finished cleaning, she texts me, bang my Cash App. I don't know if that's true. That's true. And then I send her the money for doing the great job. And I, I think that that is um, just, it shows the simplicity and the seamlessness that Cash App is, you know, kind of in my life. So you're able to be across the country. That's right. Three different time zones no away. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as that last mm-hmm. jown shoe is cleaned and placed on the rack, suddenly a little notification pops up on the uh, on the iPhone. Bing! Uh-huh. You got cash, bitch. That's right. I send cash to Sandra, and Sandra sends me a smiley face emoji in return, and the deal is done. It couldn't be easier, Jason. Whether you're sharing a perfect day with your cleaning person, sending, spending, saving, hopefully she's investing that into some Bitcoin. It's on the way up. Hold the line, friends. The number one finance app in the App Store is Cash App. That's fucking money, bro. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play today and add your cash tag to the 80 million and counting. How long gone? Uh, Chris Black live from the East Village in money-making Manhattan. Uh, lots of stuff going on this morning. It's been a busy one for me, TJ. How are you feeling? Oh, really? I mean, you had a three-day weekend, so you're probably catching up from all of the Labor Day stuff, right? What's a three-day weekend, Jason? I don't I don't understand kind of what that <laughs> means. Um, I do celebrate labor by laboring, uh, which might you know not be exactly the intention, but that's not my problem. The intention is to celebrate those who... Um, did stuff a long time ago that was hard, and then you do that by working even harder. Okay, perfect. And that's good. That's good. So basically, okay, cool. So that's something you could also emulate for me. You know what I mean? Like you kind of see me working hard for years as friends, and then you kind of step up to kind of match me. I'm not the stepfather. I'm the father that stepped up. That's <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but there's just so much news today, Jason. It's unbelievable. Uh, fall is here, and people are back in action. Harry Styles is wearing an ugly collar and spitting on Chris Pine. Uh, Kim K <laughs> is wearing a jock strap on the cover of Interview. Mm-hmm. Jerry Seinfeld is wearing a Kith Five panel in their new campaign. Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> is on the cover of Vogue, shot by Tina Barney. I mean, it's it's truly been a a massive day mm-hmm. in uh, stuff that doesn't matter. News: Black people learned who Florence Pugh is this weekend. A lot has happened. Rafael Nadal upset by Big Foe uh, last yesterday at the U.S. Open. So it's just it's nonstop news. Okay, well let's go. What we got to do? We can't just breeze through. I feel like there's a lot of gristle on these bones here, Black. What do you? Uh, so the first thing you said was Harry Styles spit. Harry Styles spit on Chris pine at the venice film festival because their cursed movie is bombing and everyone hates each other harry and olivia broke up that's my theory what do you think so there's like a video of harry styles just like mm. talking a loogie on actor chris pine or is this still a little 
unconfirmed, a little cloudy. It's it's. I mean, it's cloudy for some. Maybe they don't have their glasses on. Uh, but for us with LASIK, uh, the the spit was the spittle was clear. It was underhanded. It was he was slick with it, TJ. And Chris Pine's mm. reaction mm-hmm. leads you to believe that it was spit. He had a guffaw on his face. Not even a guffaw. He has more of a. All right, bitch. Like it was like a game on kind of look. It was either like I'm gonna suck your dick later, or I fucked your chick. Chick. I don't know which. With Harry Styles, it's both. And and I think that that there's something going on with those two. Chris Pine looked absolutely insane. It seem, it, doesn't it seem odd for two A-list celebrities on a red carpet to just like straight up be spitting upon each other? In, I mean, I think that in 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 the public forum, I think that this is when things bubble over. Jason, you know, celebrities love to behave badly. And this is just another case of that. And I think there's romantic love. You know, there's a lot of factors here beyond uh, the working relationship and the movie having a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> okay. So it's safe to say that thanks to Venice, uh, Harry and the gang can't be tamed. They cannot be tamed. Harry needs to, first of all, musicians, just a quick tip for me, stop acting. You know what I'm saying? Let's just <laughs> let's cut it out. We don't need to do that. Like if you're this good at one thing, maybe just kind of do that thing. My, uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And there's like an interview with Harry being like, "This movie's like, I feel like I'm like in like a movie. Yeah, it's, so it's sick. like a movie." So and Chris sick. Pine's looking at him like, "I'm it's, inside the movie almost." I'm like, "Yeah, that's a camera." No, I mean, look, these guys are high too. Let's not forget that. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I think this movie, which is probably bad, is going to. I think the amount of press it's gotten and the amount of shit around it is going to compel people to see it, to see how bad... It could have a Geely effect. It's almost as if this whole thing was planned, you know what I mean? Exactly. This feels like 9-11 to me, Jason. They're like, so somebody wrote a script and made a movie for tens of millions of dollars. They didn't do a good enough job at creating drama in this dramatized drama. So we have to have our like 23-year-old social media intern craft a, a more compelling plot line for people to buy tickets i think that it's it's really comes down to olivia wilde being uh bad like i think she might be kind of deep down a dark soul oh so not naughty but like like perhaps uh evil lurk inside her no i'm sure she's a, i'm sure she's a freak but mm-hmm. also evil. yeah what i mean you can kind of tell when somebody just straight up evil you know and it's a shame when they get their claws into such a loving, bright light like Harold Stylish, right? You understand where I'm coming from. But in better news, um, I guess that Mel Ottenberg over there at interview is able to kind of get this photo of Kim's butt before she deflated it. <laughs> um, and I'm, the timing is the timing's impeccable. Her, her dumper is poking out over some, I believe, Bottega jeans. I don't know who the jockstrap is by. So it's both erotic and homoerotic, which is a nice combo. <laughs> oh, uh, knowing Mel, it was Fruit of the Loom Couture. I think uh, 2003 is what that was. Yeah, it's a vintage Fruit of the Loom. Uh, it has he did wear it first, um, but that's you know <laughs> that's that's not that's besides the point. But the cover is is it's really good. Honestly, I think it's really cool. Um, I don't know if I'm into this this bleached eyebrows trend continuing. Kim has her eyebrows bleached. Her hair is blonde. Um, she looks. I mean, the listeners know our stance on bleached eyebrow hive. That's true. Nobody's nobody's looking at that photo and being like, "Damn, I'm so glad she didn't have <laughs> brown eyebrows." Otherwise, this could have been bad. You know, this could have been really bad. She looks crazy, but also hot. It's a confusing combo. But you know, I'm I'm. That's kind of that's kind of Kim's whole thing. She zigs, I zag. There's also this Jennifer Lawrence on the cover of Vogue and a shot by Tina Barney, who's like a legend. But there's a great photo where they left the pool cleaner in. 
which I am do you mean, very for. Do you mean the human pool cleaner, or is one of those like remote control guy units? No, no, one of the one of the kind of the the humans. <laughs> Somebody, you know, you don't have one yet, but I know you're kind of grinding. Right, right, yeah. And I love your pool person, Chris. Uh, you you over at the estate, over at the 400 square foot estate. Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm not saying that I have a pool either. I just know you're more interested than I am. Oh yeah, but. It, I, I, a photo of a pool guy in the background while you're wearing, let's see what she's wearing. She's wearing Altazara, uh, and there's a pool cleaner in the background. He's got his sambas on, his white socks, his khaki shorts, his polo shirt. Honestly, it could be me or you in the background of this photo. So the pool, the pool person was, was styled as well. No, no, no. The pool person's wearing, I believe, pool person's own clothes. So, so models own sambas in 2022. You're, you're buying that, Chris? Come on. I think so. Honestly, how, cl- how clean are the sambas? They don't look super clean. Okay. They're, look, they're, they're a little out of focus, if I'm being honest, but they don't look super clean. What magazine is it? It's a Vogue magazine. Vogue magazine. How's, is that a UE or, <laughs> or OU? The, the photos are cool, but that photo, particular i i, okay, I, I think this, that's a nice this. i'm a big tina barney head so i kind of like that they included the it feels you know she's also on a diving board which you know i'm big pro mm-hmm. diving board guy so barney barney is like yo pool poop poopers what's your name estevan <laughs> estevan stays and they're like are you fucking serious barney <laughs> and she's like esteban stays i have a feeling that maybe esteban wasn't alerted but maybe did his face is not pictured so maybe he didn't have to sign a release i can get into this you know i can find out if you want me to by poc erasure continues in hollywood <laughs> thanks a lot vogue magazine you're not as bad as gq in terms of violating those terms but you know you're, you're nipping on their heels he could have gotten a day rate for all i know i mean i would just be happy to be included well i mean he gets he gets 75 if he does the deep end but I'm saying oh like, you for, say additional oh you're saying additional okay I'm scale <laughs> before before we get to our guest I mean the Kith Seinfeld thing what else is there to say I mean we've hit we've hit the bottom and we can only go up from here my question is how much hit the bottom of a fashion hole how much do you think Jerry charged or do you think it was a donation to charity or do you think that Jerry has like a child who was like dad Kith is cool you should just do this I think Jerry's 19 year old wife was like it's really cool you should totally do this Kith is an awesome ice cream company in Jerry- New York <laughs> and he's like Kith Jerry's wife first of all is age appropriate and is a great chef and healthy uh, that you should look into her stuff, Jason. You'd probably like it. She's healthy. She's a healthy. She's kind of like a she's like a Long Island Gwyneth Paltrow. You know what I mean? Okay. So she 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 has a hit cookbook uh, and a large social media following, but in like a cool way, not in a Chrissy Teigen way. You know, I just want to <laughs> make that clear. Okay, I'm interested now. You can check it out. Uh, but yeah, check out that Kith lookbook for me when you get a chance. We do have a guest today. S.G. Goodman is a musician from the beautiful state of Kentucky. Uh, her album Teeth Marks on Verve Forecast is in stores now. There's a song on the album that is kind of my theme song, Jason, that I've kind of adopted called Work Until I Die. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask her. I mean, we're we're going to see. She'll probably have to put us in touch with her kind of her publishing person. I don't know how she controls about kind of shifting the 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 theme song to you know work until I die. I have a I have a feeling. Have you how close did you pay attention to the lyrics of that song, Chris? I don't know if the message was exactly what you were hoping it would be. The message is somewhere in between what I was hoping it would be and what it actually is. Is it sort of it's sort of a Union Busters anthem? Is kind of what you thought? No, it, might it is be? not. No, no, it, no. I didn't think it. She goes Dropkick Murphy's mode on it. <laughs> the, the title. Oh is so, hell no! Oh, hell no! The title is so evocative that I have to stan you know what i mean like what can i say mm-hmm. it's a plus 
Uh, all right, let's give let's give SG a jingle and see what's really going on on the road. Yeah, SG, I wonder if she's named after the guitar. What a great axe. Okay, bye. I'm always interested though when I meet people that go by initials. What is the what is the reason for this? Is it something that you just think is cooler because it is? Because of my accent, <laughs> I already every time I tell someone I'm a musician, they're like, "Oh, you sing country music," and I'm like, "No, not." Fairly, I could. I'm a country person, but listen to my <laughs> listen to my name. It's a uh, Shana. Ga- it's it's Shana Gale Goodman. And imagine, shit. You know, okay. It's like that's all you got to say. Yeah, exactly. That's all you got to say. That's what I'm saying. So it just makes sense. You're tired of being pigeonholed as a country artist because you're a country person, and sometimes there's some blurring lines there for people. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm tired of it. I love country music. It's just, I think, not a great, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, if I told someone I write country music and they go listen to my records, they're going to be like, uh, one, this doesn't sound like old country, and it doesn't sound like new country, (laughs) so... You know, they're like Goodman. If this is country, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Okay. If I did a rap song, it would sound country. But you know, I wouldn't. Sure. I mean, I I don't get lost in genres anyway. Who cares? It's just uh, everybody else needs them. I don't. I <laughs> I'm 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 with you on that. I try not to get lost in genres either. Um, and I think that country music is going through a little bit of a identity crisis in some ways right now. And I think there's some backlash against. What some refer to as pop country. I mean, but that's always that, that's how it always been. Sure. It has always been with country music. When they put the drums into country <laughs> music, you know, forever they did like the string plucks. Yeah. And that was too much of a rhythm section for some people, <laughs> you know? So it's like, who cares? Like people who get off on all oh, this is bad or whatever, or this is too pop. It's like Music has always been meant for people to remember it. Mm. And, and sometimes you have to make music for, for more of a simple-minded folk to remember. You know what I mean? That's why you have the DJ Khaled's of the world mm. and things like that. <laughs> it's true. Oh, you, don't like his, you don't like his new song with Jay-Z? <laughs> are, you banging, are you banging God did in the tour bus, SG? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I checked it out. I checked out everything. I'm not apparently as pretentious as y'all. You know? <laughs> I'll check it out. That's for shit sure, SG. That's for shit sure. <laughs> no, we're I about mean, as pretentious as they come, sweetheart. Yeah, we are a little pretentious, but I also check out everything. You know, I like to go on Apple Music and scroll the new releases, you know. Um and Yeah, and yeah. I'm often disappointed, but sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. That's the beauty of our algorithmic culture. Yeah. yeah. One once every six months I'll discover a new song on Spotify that I actually like. <laughs> Yeah, once, exactly. Once every six months, when I <laughs> delve through the twelve thousand new songs that have been put out, yeah, I've had friends who have recently, and one of uh, my touring mates uh, from last year, they both have opened for Harry Styles. And you want to talk about a nightmare? Just have one of your friends open <laughs> for Harry Styles, and all of a sudden, your entire Instagram—you like one of their pictures—and yeah. all all yeah. I have is just a feed of Harry Styles, and I. I don't even know. I, I was watching a movie on the way home from Europe from being on tour over there. I didn't know he was an actor. I don't know who <laughs> Harry Styles is, but he's a big deal and he's all over my shit right well, now. We were just. <laughs> I like we it. Because talking-, talking to you feels like I'm talking to like 
my friend's cool aunt, even though I'm probably <laughs> older than you, if that makes sense? I get that a lot. You know, I'm either the aunt or the... I, I'm more of like a mammal, you know? I'm like the, sure, the sure. grandma of yeah. the group. You're the grandma of the group. You you don't know much about the current music and culture going on None. but you you're gonna have a you're gonna have a spicy opinion about it one way or another a hundred percent yeah for sure for sure <laughs> that's just how Mima do it yep that's how yep. Mima do it i think that look <laughs> we were talking about harold stylish just in the intro before you came on because and i was suggesting and maybe you can weigh in on this as a musician Musicians have to stop acting. <laughs> like we got actors for that. You know what I mean? Like wh- we don't need. Like I know you're hot. I know you're rich. You get there's a couple. You, you got Barbara Streisand. You got Cher. There's a few diamonds in the rough. Of course, but Steven Seagal, <laughs> of course, has a pretty good little back catalog. But otherwise, other than that, but not think really. about how long ago that was. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like think about how long ago that was. The modern the modern twist is just not is not there. Yeah. And I didn't know. So do you have any acting ambitions yourself? Or are you gonna to kind of keep it behind the guitar let me tell you my acting story i have one okay <laughs> i was okay. i was uh brought up in a really small kind of uh you know uh, impoverished county in western kentucky fulton county and we mm-hmm. you know I, I graduated with a class of 56 people not a big broadway scene not a big broadway scene. okay Cla- 56 people what, in the class okay 56 people in my graduating class and um Anyway, as a young kid, probably about fourth grade, you know, I was told by all my teachers that I really had potential to do some acting. You know, I was great. I I had some really I had some leading roles in school plays. I was the cowardly lion in Wizard of Oz. And I was really, you know, really interested. Talk of the town. Yeah. Talk of the town. And uh, (laughs) I I went across the, the county line into Tennessee to a much bigger county. And I tried out for a, a role in the play Annie. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we're familiar. Classic. And these little bitches, uh, they <laughs> must have been in like dance class since they were two years old. They knew how to meet marks. I mean, I was good with remembering lines at that age, and um, <laughs> and I could sing or whatever. But they they knew everything about mm-hmm. uh, you know what to do. And we were young kids, so basically. My mom got the call that I didn't make the cut, and that was the end of my acting career. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I, I realized that, that was my first, um, I guess, kind of introduction to class uh, differences. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we we didn't have a theater at my school, believe it or not. Um, so that was <laughs> the end of my acting career, and I don't imagine I'll be getting called up anytime soon. Look, I, I you, you can't. I don't think you can rule this out completely. You're you're a character uh, in yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that like remember when um, Bradford from Deer Hunter was in uh, Dallas Buyers Project? Nope. Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> Dallas Buyers Club. That was a that was a nice surprise. You know what I mean? He, he was did get by. Okay. He got by on his emaciated looks, though. That's a little he was bit playing. Of- yeah, he was playing a man dying of AIDS, and he does look very thin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I think that it was typecast. A, it was typecast, but he was able to pull it off. And he hasn't look. He hasn't done much since. But I'm just saying he's a he's a ways away from the egot. But you know, never give up grinding. Deer yeah. Hunter. Never Never give up grinding. So, SG, how does how does it make you feel that now those like you're you're watching movies on a first class airplane, playing festivals and shows and concerts, <laughs> turning down opening slots for the Black Keys or whatever you're doing over there? Oh wow! And then the, all these all these little bitches that were fucking with you on Annie. 
They're, they have opioid addictions. Yeah, exactly. You know? They're living yeah. in a van down by the river. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're really getting the last laugh. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting in the finest Airbnb of all of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania right now. <laughs> <laughs> Indoors, backed up to a building so my stuff get, doesn't get stolen. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Take it. If that ain't country. Any girls. Yeah. <laughs> look any girls they don't even know what airbnb is okay Uh, yeah they've never never been out of the county (laughs) this hotel looks like a house (laughs) y'all there's nothing there's nothing more country than referring to counties uh and that's something as a person who's from i'm from the south as well and county is something i haven't heard in a while since i've kind of blossomed into a coastal elite yeah i'm i'm a county girl whereas i'm from orange county california i'm sure you've seen selling oc on netflix right i don't actually watch (laughs) i don't own a tv and uh (laughs) i have a computer that i watch youtube on sometimes but i have heard of orange (laughs) county believe it or not but that's about it no i haven't heard of what what are they selling in oc (laughs) <laughs> what are they selling? Uh, the, just a lifestyle and a dream. <laughs> okay, okay. High-end real estate, but that is a lifestyle and a dream when you think about it. You know what I mean? What is the So what's popping up? I know you're obviously watching Hella Rogan, but what else is popping up on your YouTube <laughs> algo? Well, I like to uh, do research on the restaurant scenes and the places I'm traveling because, as you could imagine, uh, Fulton County, Kentucky wasn't known for its fine dining or its uh, <laughs> ethnic cuisine. So, you know, I'm all I'm all about figuring out where I can get some good pho or some dim sum in cities. So okay. I watch like these random food bloggers. I'm into this this one duo, these brothers called the Fung Bros. <laughs> um, and they're they're now they were located in L.A., but now they're in New York City. And that's where I spend a lot of time. So okay. I'll. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll do that. And um, I was actually in, I came home, I'm, I've, I've been playing a festival in Ohio called Nelsonville Fest or something like that. And <laughs> what a name. I've been on the, <laughs> yeah, I've been on the road for, just electric. I don't know, pretty much solid for a while. And I'm extremely exhausted. And my girlfriend's out with me right now. And, and we were, we watched Mdu Mokhtar, which is an amazing band. I was like, let's go after this. I didn't catch Yola Tango and <laughs> went home and, and I don't, you know, when I'm at a hotel, I'll turn on, a what is it? The diners, drive-ins and dives. <laughs> of you course. Heard of that? Cause, of course. Cause it's always on. It's always yeah. on. Everyone watches it in the hotel. Yeah. Flavor town. Have y'all ever, y'all ever been to flavor town? Anyway, a I number was, of uh, times, sweetheart, a number of times. <laughs> my, my girlfriend was sitting there and she's like, I don't know how you watch this. I just want everything. I want <laughs> shrimp scampi. And she was just having a hard time watching. I mean, just she was in pain watching all these different dishes come out. Is she doing a juice cleanse right now or something? What's stopping <laughs> yeah, her from just, getting getting her little grind on? <laughs> I just think I think she just wasn't. I, I guess I'm numb to it because I'm trying. I like to cook, so I'm trying to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, how to make. I guess the best. Uh, you know, Philly cheesesteak in the world or something. But um, you were mentioning pho and and dumplings and things like that. I'm glad that you too share a, a taste for the Orient. And <laughs> I am also a big fan of cooking. So if you ever if you ever come over down to Los Angeles, I'll show you 
the best bowl of pho you ever done slurped on. Okay, well, I'll I'll take that challenge because right now <laughs> there's like a, a short rib pho close to where my girlfriend lives in Brooklyn that I have been trying to mm-hmm. beat for the last few months, and I can't find one to beat it. Does this place have a name? Yeah, I know it's it's Five Spice, which I think a lot of people kind of shit on. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I've, there's another place, and I think Williamsburg called Mama Pho, and they have a really great pho. Okay. But anyway, I'm I just got on the pho train like a, like probably about six mm-hmm. months ago. I was a ramen girl, and then discovered <laughs> pho feels a lot lighter. Welcome home, sister. So, yep, I'm on the yeah, pho it, train. It is now. lighter. Yeah, it is. I like it. It's uh, It really cleanses the spirit. It's so light, uh-huh. but also filling and rich and fatty. It's all there. Yeah. I mean, I do my best to stay out of L.A. as much as I can. <laughs> I, uh, what in tarnation? It's a person who um, sounds like you have a lot in common with Jason as far as Asian chicks go. That's kind of crazy to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I, I mean... You know, you can't really get her. I like the West, but it's really hard to tour mm-hmm. over there because I'm used to obviously on this side of Mississippi, you have humidity, you can breathe. And when you go over there, not being able to breathe as a singer is a little difficult. Yeah, despite what you've read in my press, I'm not riding around on like the biggest tour bus in the world. I'm mostly driving. Okay. And for some reason, out west, every city is like a good 12-hour drive from each other. That's so right. <laughs> you're basically, you're just going over there and getting sick. And the people are great, but you're just getting sick the whole time. So I do my best to just stay on my side of the mississippi that's the way we like it a country divided yet again yeah i think you need to open your third (laughs) eye a little bit you've been to new mexico i bet you love that i mean i do i really love the desert i'm real fair person i'm not going to turn on my camera right now because i look pittsburgh crazy right now (laughs) haven't haven't showered today for y'all i didn't fix up i'm in a cut off t-shirt and some boxers laying up and like i said the finest yeah airbnb of all pittsburgh but um (laughs) anyway yeah it's uh new mexico was cool that's that's where i started my first uh run with john moreland back a month ago in uh santa fe so what a cool town what a magical town it really is one of my favorites one of my favorites what is so what is your so touring for you is about finding the best local cuisine is there some are you hitting the watering holes are you trying to find the gym like what yeah, else? What else are we all doing? Of that. It literally <laughs> okay. at this okay. at, at this stage of my career, I live for the hour I'm on stage and just try to survive the rest. Okay. You know, I right now I play with a four piece, so it's just me and three other boys. I'm not really an extrovert, so I've got about a one and a half week threshold before I want to kill everybody that's around me. And they're just in there breathing and being good people. And I just, I can't handle it. And no tour is hardly a week and a half. You know, you're out there for Mm -hmm. three to six weeks sometimes. So uh, mostly it, you know, none of us are really partiers too much. I, I, I don't know how bands do it. I'm not the type to get a, to get a second wind around 10 o'clock i'm definitely like two hours past my (laughs) bedtime at that point so i struggle as a musician with the touring and 
you know, right now the name of the game is apparently to keep doing this and killing yourself. If you're not killing yourself, you're not doing it right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Maybe one day. Welcome to America, sweetheart. That's that's don't kinda, act brand new. That's how we act on this podcast as well. I was gonna. That's why I was gonna ask you about kind of licensing work until I die as our theme song because it sounds like that's something you're kind of <laughs> on right now that's your you're actually living the lyrics for sure yeah it, that's that's kind of <laughs> how it feels but i mean obviously i'm really lucky to get to do what i do i get to see a lot of amazing places from the window of a van at this point and uh meet a lot of cool folks you've created enough beautiful music for to be able to sell tickets in places like Pittsburgh, which for some people could sound like a burden, but you know, a lot of people can't, can't do that in those more tertiary markets. And I think that's a real sign of success. For sure. If we went to Pittsburgh, they'd be like, what the fuck is a podcast? You know what I mean? Yeah. We get, we get right out of town. <laughs> when we tour, it's like Brooklyn, Gowanus, Manhattan. Yeah. Gowanus. I could see that they would love podcasts there. <laughs> Yeah, that's the te- that's the Gowanus is the little old operative <laughs> podcasting. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Do you exactly. still do you still live <laughs> in, in Kentucky? Yeah, I do. I live about two hours west of Nashville, which is how I like it. <laughs> you know, obviously being the road dog, I am driving two hours to, you know, do a little business in the city is not bad, but I can't aff- I can't afford to live there. Who can hardly? <laughs> anymore it's pricing everybody out well i i mean honestly sg i can but i choose not to <laughs> oh, okay. because it's not cool Good. you know what i mean that's yeah. why let's just let's just keep it 100 it's not even about money it's about the fact that everybody's young and christian and has two kids <laughs> <laughs> well not anymore because everybody from california and new york is moving there and they can't drive they're making it unsafe for everybody <laughs> so us city slickers are coming to town we're bringing satan with us and we're we're not stopping at the red lights a hundred yeah we're complaining there's not enough Tesla charging stations. We don't know how to handle yeah. an F-350 diesel. Go to Nashville. You buy a Subaru way too big for you. You got all the blind <laughs> spots, and you're just basically making the roads hazardous for everybody else. Okay. And the infrastructure. I think there could be a song here, SG. I mean, I'm trying. I'm, I, I am going to come out with that country album, uh-huh. Subarus and Sunsets. <laughs> I think <laughs> the, the Subaru is an interesting automobile. <laughs> <laughs> that we talk about a lot because we've been fooled into society society has been fooled into thinking that the Subaru is not only a nice car but that it signifies like how crunchy and left you are I think they're pieces of shit <laughs> I think they're total pieces of shit and they're expensive to fix my drummer made the mistake he, he has a Subaru Forester and I bet he's put just as much money into it at this point as he did when he initially bought it. Mm-mm, you know, mm-mm. I'm more of a fan. Get you a good old model Toyota. Mm-hmm. My family, we were all GM Motors people forever. Sure. It took a long time before we ventured out. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the American made stuff just right now just kind of sucks. It was probably a, a, a bitter pill to, for Peepaw to swallow when they had to buy a Japanese that day, huh? Yeah. Well, my dad he has a he's a farmer and he went to auto diesel school so he he oh. you know he worked on general motors stuff and believed they were kind of the best but mm-hmm. even he still drives a chevy at this point and um but no my my little brother at one point had a, a Volkswagen Jetta. Oh, hell no. Yeah, we fell for the whole like clean diesel stuff. So you guys are both gay? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I I don't think so. Um, I think I'm the the black sheep in that department. But um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway, but yeah, cars they're all they've always been a big big deal in my family for sure. But no. I'll, I'll never own a Subaru. No, me neither. Mm-hmm. Me neither. I, I, I just, I'm not falling mm-hmm. for that. And the same thing has happened with the, the cursed Jeep Wrangler. Oh, God. <laughs> like, people think that's a nice car and it costs a fortune, but it feels like you're rolling down the street outside. You know what I mean? It's too, it, it's, it's unsafe. A hundred, yeah, for sure. And I had a teacher once, Miss Seaton, my high school English teacher, and she warned us all. She said, listen, kids. <laughs> Don't get in a convertible. Don't get a Jeep. She apparently pulled out of my high school parking lot and flipped her Jeep and scalped herself. <laughs> yeah, it's a true story. And listen, I, I trust Miss Seaton. You know, I just I, I will not get in one of those vehicles. I will not do it. And if, if you do, at least wear your seatbelt. Yeah, you got to wear it. She scalped herself. Damn, that's fucked up. Yep, I know. And so I, I don't get in Jeeps. None of that stuff. Mm-mm. Nope, <laughs> won't do it. Not for me. So you you mentioned that your your father was was a farm like a like a sharecropper farmer. He he still is. Yeah, him and or still is. him and my older brother still farm. How do you guys feel about the kind of the renaissance of corn becoming a trending? trending topic have you seen this i have and i was actually on uh <laughs> when i was on tour i did uh the what the fuck podcast with mark Marin. and i like uh, that everyone calls it wtf <laughs> and you're just like i'm doing the what the fuck podcast i like it yeah i don't i don't do the i have to look up what things mean if people write me in lols and stuff so <laughs> it's just like a a hurdle i have to jump through so i like to make sure folks like me understand mm, yeah. what i'm saying mm-hmm. but um yeah, we brought up the fact my dad, when I was a kid, would plant sweet corn for his kids to pick for extra money. Mm-hmm. And um, I hate corn. I hate it so bad. So I've been, ever since I... <laughs> well, are you st- telling me Mark Marin got to corn before I did? I'm sorry to say it, but he was oh. on the money with it. And um, so... That's fucked up. That is yeah. I think I'm going to be sick to my stomach. I thought all he was going to ask you about is SNL and yeah. guitars, but he actually got well, to corn. Well, I wanted to save I wanted to save that for y'all, but like I said, it I was put on the spot and um so Of course, of course. You know, course. thank you for your honesty in explaining yeah. that. That does make me feel yeah. better. Yeah, and um he uh I told him I didn't like it and he was like, "Oh no, so you're saying you have corn trauma." And I was like, "Yeah, I guess you could say that." <laughs> but um Anyway, What's the so deal with corn, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been sent those that little kid saying how much he likes corn. So, uh, and that's that's traumatizing for you as a corn hater. A little bit. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. bring him down to the farm. We'll let him pick an acre himself, and we'll get that out of him really quick. He won't, <laughs> he won't like it. Get that corn out of him. Yeah. Come to SG's corn boot camp <laughs> down here in Kentucky. We'll we'll knock the love yeah, out of you. Uh-huh. Are there are there any other kind of um, farm farm tasks that you don't? I mean, like shucking corn. That's a bit of a pain in the ass. But 
Is that better or worse than maybe p- picking beans? You know, what's... <laughs> All right. First, thank God we didn't have to pick beans. Um, <laughs> I did chop beans sometimes, which would mean like maybe one of my dad's farm hands didn't clean out the planter and there would be some corn left and then you'd have a mm. corn stalk in the middle of your bean field. And <sighs> my dad wasn't, Ugh. my dad wasn't having that. He would not have our fields <laughs> look like that. You know, it was a sign of laziness. So he'd send his kids out with a hoe and we'd get it down. But no, there was another activity that I hated. I'm very allergic to poison ivy. Okay. And, um, this is only something that a river kid would know. I was raised on the Mississippi and when the river would rise and fall, we would have an activity called picking up chunks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> picking up chunks 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 yep okay and okay. so what that was this is this is something that only a river girl would know only a river kid would know and uh okay. so you'd get out there with your brothers and you'd walk in a straight line so you wouldn't miss anything and one of you might be driving the truck with a trailer behind it and you'd pick up driftwood all day in some fields they'd have a lot of it it'd take you a few days to get it all but you couldn't have that out there and mess up your dad's equipment and so i would we would glove up and and wear long sleeves out in the heat and and hats and stuff but with the nature of poison ivy you know it if you forgot and you wiped your face or just oh, it, so man. so i would be out of school a lot actually with just an insane case of poison ivy so that was terrible too Ooh. but you know now that i'm a little bit i haven't you know i don't spend a lot of time at home anymore i'm too busy um luckily i've i think i have graduated from the task of picking up chunks but and now I can look look back with nostalgia and think it wasn't that bad, but it, it was it was also kind mm-hmm. of just a, a terrible chore for sure. Yeah, I mean, even before you explained what it was, just calling it picking up chunks doesn't really sell it as something that's going to be awesome and fun. Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry if I if I was your pa, I would have not made you pick up chunks with your severe allergy. <laughs> I would have had you picking beans on the porch or something. <laughs> <laughs> rustling up a glass of sweet tea or something i don't know yeah oh don't worry he found time to have you do all that so. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned i'm concerned that you might your dad your your pa might have been breaking some child labor laws <laughs> down there in kentucky and i know they're a little uh-huh. looser with that kind of no, stuff if, you, if you're it, in kentucky and you google the word child labor laws it just says nothing was found sorry please search again <laughs> we don't do that don't know what you're talking about who is she how did you have time yep. to hang out with your friends and like play guitar if you were busy working well i mean i didn't start playing guitar until i was you know a little bit later in my teenage years but you know you would always try to talk your friends into doing the work with you we would we would try to hire out our friends to uh to do you know we'd be like we'll pay you 10 an hour which was a lot of money for a kid i mean i worked jobs in college not for ten dollars an hour Mm because i lived in kentucky can't get 10 an hour into the jimmy jones yeah you'd get them you'd get them real excited you know and they'd come down and spend about an hour in the field with and call their mom (laughs) yeah and uh and that was it so yeah you were just friends with your cousins but yeah as a farm kid you got away with a lot of stuff i mean 
we were all driving vehicles at 10 years old okay. through town. Through town? This wasn't just on the property. You were taking the, no. the GMC into the city to grab a Coca-Cola. <laughs> I need some cigarettes. Yep. Pick, pick up my dad a pack of cigarettes. As I was about to say, I've bought cigarettes as a child for my dad and just say, I'm, you know, I'm picking them up for daddy and just drive off with a carton of Marlboro Red. <laughs> no, it's funny. So. I mean, that's that's how it used to be everywhere in the world, <laughs> but it's still kind of like that down in certain parts of the country. As yeah. long as everyone knows each other, you know? I was going to say, they must have known, they knew you and knew your dad, and they knew yep. you were going to go blast the pack behind the barn. You were going to actually hand them off. <laughs> For sure. And uh, we also, it wasn't until I went to college that I learned how to pump my own gas because our town had a pump house that we had like a charge account on where they pumped it for you, kind of like in New Jersey or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm wait, sorry to interrupt. Do you call a gas station a pump house? It just depends. Okay. You know, it, it, it depends. On on what exactly? <laughs> just how you're feeling? <laughs> yeah. Because so. it sounds like okay. one of the one of the West Hollywood gyms that Chris attends. Yeah, it does. <laughs> It does have a homoerotic overtone, I would say. Yeah, the punk. Well, they don't realize that down there, you know. Sure, that that's it's, why it's, it's even better. <laughs> that's why it's even better. It's kind of like uh, Tyler Childers has been covering one of my songs, and I, I've read a lot of his fans' comments <laughs> on him, and they are all these men are so concerned about Tyler shaving his beard, and I'm like, I know y'all. <laughs> aren't getting the humor in this um but it, it's, it's they, i've never i've never seen a group of men concerned with the country boy's outfit or sobriety or, or shaving his face as i have tyler childers fans it's really interesting it's really kind of makes you think don't it? Say. yeah it is it's really funny but they don't get it, and that's what's the most funny about it. Yeah. That is now is that is that cover <laughs> kind of helping out your Spotify numbers, like greasing your pockets a little bit? I mean, I wouldn't say it's greasing my pockets right now, but it's a numbers game out there, and people are discovering, you know, my song because of it. So I'm thankful for it. I'll tell you know, I'll tell Tyler he can cover whatever song he wants of mine. Just get those mm-hmm. those uh beard lovers in on on my music and we'll be fine. <laughs> you know? Those uh those beard loving dollars spin just the same, don't they? Yeah, well I'll tell Tyler I'll grow a beard uh he'll just keep covering my songs, you know. I mean, do you know do you know Tyler or is this just pure serendipitous music love? Well, I do at this point and you know we we're both from Kentucky but different sides of the state and I actually met okay. his wife Sonora May who's an, another great artist. She came out to one of my shows and we exchanged some uh we're both kind of I make uh herb vinegar i used to grow a garden every year and 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 they grow a a big garden so we did an exchange of some goods like kentucky people would at a show you know so i knew her before i knew tyler and i got a a, we're both big fans of the band alabama Mm -hmm. tyler and i Mm -hmm. and i made a uh you know we're all supposed to be uh instagram influencers these days (laughs) and so i have to post a lot of shit on that (laughs) I was uh, coming back from Atlanta with my bandmate, uh, Rich Ruth. And um, anyway, I was explaining to him, you know, the glory of, of Alabama's song, Roll On 18 Wheeler. 
y'all are y'all familiar i'm not familiar i'm familiar with alabama the band i don't know the song you haven't lived um <laughs> until you uh experience this song it's all about uh blue collar people and daddy goes out on the truck and he left his kids and wife at home and he teaches them a song that they sing when they miss daddy and it's just a, it's a real heartfelt like glory days of country music song you know mm-hmm. so i was explaining this verse by verse to mikey and i guess sonora showed it to tyler and then we got to talking on online about his interpretation of the song because at one point in the song daddy goes missing from the big rig and the police can't find him in a snowstorm but tyler pointed out he was like i think it's funny that daddy just you know abandoned that truck i think daddy was carrying some drugs (laughs) (laughs) oh daddy had to do what he had to do daddy had to do he had to get home with the goods so the cops wouldn't find him so the truck the truck was just a it caught a stray because daddy had an eight ball and he had to get home possible and so we were kind of going back and forth on that and he at the end of that funny exchange he said that that him and his boys were playing uh my song space and time and um you know i said well you don't have to ask my permission for that i wanted dolly parton to cover that song and i guess they're both mountain people her and tyler so he'll do for now but you know that's what i told him <laughs> we'll, we'll use him as a holding holding yeah. position until dolly answers the email back please send it to her but you know anyway I'll, tyler's fine he's he does a good job with it and he's a good person so that's about all you could ask for you could have a real shithead covering your song and can't do it anything about it so I'm glad it's That's him. true. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I'll make sure to send a copy of your album on vinyl to Kid Rock, and we can just see what we can That's do. That's what I'm hoping. You know, I am. Yeah. If if, <laughs> if 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 being a insane, you know, I guess progressive out there in my world doesn't pan out, I'm just going to start writing like right wing country music and <laughs> That's right. get on Fox News and try to try to cash out. Yeah. yeah. When, once you get on Fox News, then your family will finally give you the recognition that you deserve yeah they'll quit calling me and saying you know what i've been watching the voice and i really think I really, <laughs> you should get on that show sg you I should really, get on there yeah i really think that can be what does it for you you need to get on that american <laughs> idol so, so they don't <laughs> yeah so they don't fully realize that you're like doing pretty well or or do they just refuse to accept it because it's not kind of in a in a place that they see you know funny thing about like tyler childers or jason as they're giant artists yeah mm-hmm. and but they're not on a mainstream top 40 radio situation so there are people plenty of people in the world that do not know who they are mm-hmm. and me you know back to the genre thing you know the 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 worst genre to try to explain what you do is if you're in the Americana world. Yes. It's like you're thankful for it. You know, they've created a playlist to where people can track you. But the genre itself is so expansive. It makes, at this point, no sense, um, in my opinion. Um, it's it's really hard to explain to people what that means when you're like, I'm I, they say I'm an Americana artist <laughs> because it's not front and center of people's um, daily experience 
in certain places. Yeah, I guess when the when the Grammy nominations come out every year, nobody's chomping at the bit to see who won Best Americana. They don't even show Americana artists on TV, so. No, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, how how would you desc- how would you describe how would you describe Americana, the genre of Americana music to our listeners who might not be familiar with that? I would say imagine a giant umbrella mm-hmm. of pretty much everything that might have a roots element okay. that they they won't put on top 40 radio i would i mean i think you know my morning jacket is a rock band mm-hmm. all right <laughs> but if they put the pedal still on one of their songs somebody <laughs> might put them on the americana playlist it's kind of <laughs> like it's kind of like i've seen you know big thief being on an americana like award system mm-hmm. or or a lot of people who really they're in just a indie alternative world. And now all of a sudden they're uh, Americana. Right. But you know, if I was going to say like, okay, there is a queen of Americana, you know, I would say Lucinda Williams fits that bill. Mm-hmm. You know, she's blues, she's rock. She's not country enough to be country or too country to be country or something like that's an artist that when I think of like, who's Americana after it's someone who has always been on the fringes mm-hmm. and, and has this little world. So, uh, you know, that's how I would explain okay. it. Okay. That makes sense. There are people right now who are really popular in Americana, like, you know, like the Brandy Carlisle's or whatever. Like she, oh, yeah. she, but I mean, this last record, in my opinion, no offense, Brandy, but that's a pop record. Mm-hmm. yeah oh for sure for and it's, sure. it's kind of like like casey musgraves I, I think that you know that was it last year at the grammys or whenever was put into a pop record and not country you know that makes sense to me well that's because that was the worst that was the worst sophomore album in the history of recorded music so that's kind of <laughs> wow. that's that's the unfortunate <laughs> part about that there's Jason and I are huge Musgraves. We went to the show together. Three men went uh-huh. to the Casey Musgraves tour. She sounded incredible. The second album was truly mm-hmm. one of the most disappointing. Like it came and went in a way that like I couldn't believe the speed. Yeah. She redeemed herself on the Elvis soundtrack though. Yeah, the Elvis soundtrack song is fucking amazing. I haven't heard I don't like I said, I don't watch movies or nothing like that. And so I haven't seen that. And I, I think that actor guy he doesn't look a damn thing like Elvis. Austin Butler? I don't know. I, <laughs> but he looks a little bit all right to me, though. Oh, he's handsome. He's an actor he is, and he's he, hot. He's handsome. But I'm just saying, he doesn't look like Elvis to me, and so I'm not watching Okay. Him. So you, you're, saying, you're saying that they, they didn't find the right hot young actor to portray the bloated, sweaty, p- banana and peanut butter sandwich Elvis. Like you just don't believe yeah, it. I want I want the the boofy like Elvis. I want I want, yeah, I want I want I want live in Hawaii. Yeah, uh huh. I want you to have a, some Valium sweats going on. Yeah. I want you to have a ham sandwich in your hand and a gun in the other. Yep, that's that was I'd have <laughs> watched that movie, but this young, good looking guy <laughs> coming, I don't have anything I need from that, you know. So. Mm-hmm. That don't impress me much. Yeah, don't impress me it's much. It's also th- it's also three hours long, so that kind of <laughs> kept me out. Really? There's a few factors. Yeah, it's. It, J- <laughs> I don't do drugs, and Jason does, and I think that's why he's able to sit through some of these movies. Yeah, that's why I watch YouTube. You know, twenty minutes, you're done. It's the modern way. That's all, that's about it. <laughs> but you're but you're not on TikTok though. I, you're not on TikTok. I, you're not on Quibi. I am what Quibi. <laughs> 
I don't have no idea what that is. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a failed TV network. Okay. That's sort of uh, it's it's short for Quick Bites. Okay. It came and it went real quick. Okay. Yeah. No, I it wasn't a long it wasn't around long enough for someone to shove that down my throat. Apparently, but yes, <laughs> TikTok has been shoved down my throat, and I I do uh, I don't really you know I'm not a technical person, and the pandemic was in a way good and terrible for me. I mean, I had to drive to Nashville most of the time to do live streams because my internet wasn't powerful enough and I could not be trusted to sign into something with ease. (laughs) And so I have, I've learned how to navigate Instagram and, um, I basically, I do what I do on Instagram and then it's kind of a, a, a lot of times repurposed and put on TikTok, but mm-hmm. you know, it's the way of the world and yeah. I have, I have to start interacting with it more organically than I do right now, but I haven't learned how to even upload something to it. I do struggle with that kind of stuff. So, well, luckily we have our team that can help us out. Yeah. I need a master class in, mm-hmm. in TikTok, um, or it's probably not going to happen, but I also, to be honest with you, there are a few videos of me doing this kind of stuff but i've never been one to enjoy sitting my phone up on a stand and Mm -hmm. playing the guitar in front of it i just i hate that so every once in a while i'll do it um and people react to that stuff better but yeah it's just this feels wrong it's what you have to do right now and you know there could be worse things to have to do in life so Mm -hmm. i'm trying to keep a decent attitude about it that's the spirit that is the spirit and I, yeah and shout out to your record label for forcing you to do things you don't want to do that's kind of what these record contracts are about <laughs> you know that's kind of the history of the music business so i'm glad yeah. to hear that's still continuing yeah well they they're they're actually pretty supportive of me i mean in fact it's been the opposite where i thought i would you know get a record deal and then they would tell me like who i'm supposed to be and how i'm supposed to act and they just want me to do what i do and it's been kind of a bummer <laughs> a little bit to, to just not You're like what so direction. when's my makeover gonna happen and the vocal coach <laughs> exactly okay. i know i know and they're like this is more how it goes for me they're you know some artists they require like uh hair and makeup with every little thing they do and yeah i barely even get asked if i want it because they know i'll say no <laughs> and they you know they're just like well she'll be she'll be fine <laughs> and um and so yeah it's it's kind of a hands-off thing even making this record teeth marks they didn't ask me to do that and they didn't really you know <laughs> they didn't come they didn't come in and and say you know this is what we want or we need you to elevate this part of your sound no, they right. were just like, all right, well, sounds good. We're going to put this out and, uh, you know, move on. So you're like, hey, guys, I finished the album. They're like, oh, oh, uh, oh, I guess we should we'll put it out. But I know. do appreciate having someone, you know, sh- kind of shoot out their idea because that makes me immediately say, no, here's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> kind of helps me focus in on, on what Give I Give you something sometimes. to bounce off of. Yeah, exactly. I see. Okay. You know, the name of the game, artists don't talk about this much, but we're so dependent, even though we're in a streaming world, TikTok world. I mean, our, our contracts are still based on units. So they're still based on people being old school yeah. and buying a record. And I can't, I mean, 
I have obsessive compulsive disorder, so it's not unlike me to listen to a song 150 times. <laughs> but I don't trust that the rest of the world operates that way. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm there's just with the current system, you know, I, I don't know if I'll be on a record label forever because I think it's a very rare thing unless you are on a top 40 or in a genre that they immediately put you with that type of push and exposure. Mm-hmm. You're not selling a hundred thousand records anymore. No, you look at the charts. It's crazy. Like the number one album in the country can sell less than a hundred thousand copies. Yeah. And when we were growing up, it was a million. Yeah. Literally, literally a million. You know, yeah. it's crazy. Like that. That's how bad it's gotten. So it's uh, even your boy DJ Khaled. He squeaked in at number one. He might have been under a hundred. Yeah. He might have been eighty k. Beyonce is doing Lucinda Williams in the nineties numbers first week out. Yeah, I, I can't. You know, I, I didn't fact check this or anything, and this won't be the accurate number or whatever. But the same amount of records, I'm pretty sure that are either put out in a week or a day or something, were at one time the amount of records that would be put out in a year mm-hmm. yeah. like that's how much stuff we're waiting no that, that yeah tracks. that's how much stuff we're waiting through and how much stuff is is your co- competition as far as like you can be a giant artist like what i was saying about like jason isbo tyler or whatever a giant artist with fans that are so supportive and so loyal to you that that allow you to have this career and the majority of the world doesn't like a lot of the world doesn't know who you are it's it's crazy so in one way it's like it is possible to have a sustainable career where you can make an honest living and help support other people make an honest living uh without having giant numbers of records sold but at the same time Mm -hmm. for me it's like whenever i'm at a show and people are like what would help you the most buying a t-shirt or record i'm like a record and I'm making less money off of that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's what gives me, you know, the numbers that make people book me at a show for a certain amount of money or yeah, yeah. get on down the road and maybe have my label have faith in me for another record, you know? So it's so important and people don't, they think they're really being supportive of an artist. And I don't want to get this twisted. It is supporting me if you buy my poster at a show because I need gas money and I can't even afford to have my own hotel room. Like those things do matter. But as far as like my career, mm-hmm. you know, the best way to support an artist, even if you don't have a record player, is just to buy the record and hang it on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the long money and the short money. Everyone says, oh, you make all your money on tour from selling merch and stuff like that. And that's, you know, that's the money, the cash in the pocket that night. So you can go fill up the tank at the, the pump station. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the long money, the way it'll benefit you 10 years from now is, is selling those albums For and sure. selling those records and getting on the sound scan. And, and uh, you know, and another aspect that the general public doesn't understand about merch sales is you might go to a, a shitty venue that, you know, if you're an opener, they take 10 to 20 percent your sales yeah no that shit i've seen a lot about that lately actually like a lot of backlash on that yeah it's like okay i cleared 500 dollars that night if my 50 dollars my 10 percent is really what's keeping your doors open you got bigger problems (laughs) and also (laughs) i don't you know it's just offensive and also Uh, yeah it's shitty yeah it's shitty and and not only that it's kind of like you're not giving me a percentage of your bar sales. Yeah, and my fans drink. <laughs> yeah, and I get 
<laughs> I get that there are aspects of that that are probably a blind spot for me. But I just think if, if it's possible, if I ever get to the size where I have an opener and I'm clearing a lot in merch, I will throw a fit if they take the opening axe yeah. money. Mm-hmm. It, because $50 for me is literally, you know, maybe a couple hundred miles. I have a, a larger like Ford 350 van. Like that's not even a full tank of gas mm-hmm. right now, but it means it, mm-hmm. 50 bucks means a lot to me right now. I like that you. I like that you use so, that gas story to kind of flex yeah. on your bigger van, which is nice. Oh to yeah, know that you got kind of. Well, look, it's, it's expensive because the van is it's bigger, it's nicer. You know, than some of these other vans that are out there. I mean, it it, it is not a luxury uh, addition. Okay, but it, it, it <laughs> okay. but it gets by. It's not. It's not the lariat. I don't have leather captain's chairs. You know, I have no navigation mm-hmm. system. That's a, luckily. Luckily, we have the brand new Apple iPhone. It's able to navigate as well as record TikTok videos. And I'm sure you you do have a charger in the van. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of I, like a one a one stop. Yeah, I do have that. Uh, I do have a charging port, so I'm thankful. <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, it's it's. I'm very thankful for my for my van. That's for sure. Well, look if for anybody's sure. if anybody's gonna have a career like that, I feel like you're on your way. I think that like I don't know. I mean, I think there's just a lot of stuff nowadays. It feels like a flash in the pan, and it gets too big too quick, and blah blah blah. But I think that you know, just based on what you're doing and probably who the fans are, I, I can imagine them sticking around for a career versus like moving on to the next thing super quickly yeah and if, if they're at your merch table at the end of the show and they're asking you all right what which item do i buy to get you the best mar you know profit margins you know that that's something you didn't really hear about up until a couple of years ago you know oh yeah i mean i i feel so indebted to the people who have supported me i mean you know during the pandemic or we're still in it, I guess, but 2000. No, don't do that. Don't do that. We're not. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're deniers here, but did you have to go on only fans? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I went to my manager and said, there's a lot of money being made right now on these feet pics on uh, Instagram. <laughs> and I'm sure we could come up with mm-hmm. some aliases and, uh, but no, I, and your manager is like, I've been waiting for this call all year. Yeah. He was like, Thank God. He was like you don't, he was like, no, you don't have to do that yet. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, no. I, I, well, I'll, I'll tell you a story though, how, you know, my fans have supported me. I was looking at, we were out with uh, Madison Cunningham on a six-week tour across the United States and on up into Canada. And like I said, I'm I'm not at the part of in at the stage of my career where honestly I should get a hotel room every night. That cuts so far into my budget. Yeah. And I and I did do something that I mean nobody likes to ask for money, but I did go onto my Instagram and say if you want to support us being safe out on tour which there was it's kind of like how could you be safe in general but Mm -hmm. me walking into some friend's house across the united states after being in 15 cities right before i got there just felt really unethical Mm. and so i had a lot of people i offered to draw them some refrigerator art (laughs) and um and we we were put up across the united states by my fans and i'll never forget that beautiful you know Damn. And so, yeah, I do feel like I am lucky to be making the connections I am. And 
um, being supported by such good people. Well, I think you know we there's something that we talk about a lot in the in the podcast world of Patreon and patronizing and things like that. And you know, you're thanking your fans for being so thoughtful and generous, but also thank yourself for sort of creating your personality that has become a person that people want to patronize versus feel like they have to, you know, like want to support you, you, you did the work to become such a good person that people will want to do that versus like, Oh, I probably should do that. It's the right thing to do. You know, they want to do it. And that's, that's the beauty of it. If I got hit by a car and someone that listens to this podcast saw me on the side of the street, they wouldn't help me. So it's, it's Aww. just to kind of illustrate, Certainly not financially, Yeah, definitely not financially, just to illustrate kind of the difference between us. You know what I mean? So I'm, I can learn a lot from you. I have learned a lot from you. Oh, thank you for doing this podcast. Oh, thank you all. I appreciate it so much. No, of course. No, it was a pleasure. And yeah, well, the album teeth marks is in stores everywhere now. Uh, are you on the, and you're on the road as, as we speak, correct? Yeah, I'm on the road and I'm going to do an East coast tour, um, starting, in September, get your tickets. Look me up on sggoodman.net. Mm. Follow me on all the socials. I'm only really personally on Instagram if you want to interact with me personally. The rest of it, it that's uh, the DMs are open. Well, I do my best. I'm trying it, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I can be so lazy with that, but I really do try to talk to people when they say nice things. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, come out and see me. And, but yeah, thank you all again for having me on and having a good conversation. Get some laughs. Our pleasure. Our hey, pleasure. it's our pleasure. We love to laugh, SG. Uh, enjoy, enjoy beautiful scenic Pittsburgh, and oh, we will uh, yeah. we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. All righty, we all take care. Bye. Bye. not his voice Seems the highway patrol has found a jackknife rig in a snow bank in Illinois But the driver was missing and the search had been abandoned cause the weather had everything stalled and they had checked all the houses and the local motels when they had some more news they'd call And she told him when they found him to tell him that she loved him. And she hung up the phone.